Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. It says that we will overcome him by the blood of the Lamb yes. and the word of our testimony. Right. Our testimony. So you see, our testimony is nothing if we don't talk about it, if we don't share it, if we don't tell others how Christ has done things in our lives and filled us with his spirit and delivered us from the grasp of the enemy. When that somebody has at one point or another reached down into the, the miry pit and grabbed us and pulled us out. So all those things that I went through so long ago seemed to me like old milk. But now I look back and I know, in fact, that it was some nourishment that was happening, not for me, but for the people that I would talk to minister to in the future. That people could listen to my testimony because of the things I've gone through, the struggles and testimony of my life. I can now share with people and I can say with confidence when I speak to them, you are not alone. Amen. Can everybody hear me all right? Yes. All right, all right. Just elaborate on what Pastor was saying. In the kingdom of God, there is nobody better than anybody else. That's right. Um, that's what's awesome about God's grace is it doesn't matter how low you are, how much bad stuff you've done, how much dirt and grime you have on your on your filth before you come before, on your on your soul before you come to the Lord. His blood is able to wash it all away, yes. and everybody has equal footing yes. at the thro- at the at the Amen. base of the cross. Right. 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 Yes. That is just awesome to me. Hey, man, I was hoping Brother Jones would be up here. That's why I kind of asked, you know. All right, so I got uh, something, a message today that uh, I, I want, I need, I need to preach it to him. And uh, <laughs> you'll understand why when I read you the title. But uh, just to let you guys know, I'm not 100%. Um, a couple weeks back, I, uh, I uh, grabbed some friends and I headed off into the uh, uh, North Carolina again. And I headed up on the Appalachian Trail and... Uh, what we do, generally when we go there, we drive a full day, you know, we hike two or three miles to a, a destination point where we grab a shelter or a, camp, a tent campsite and we pitch our tents or we hang, hang our hammocks in the trees and we, we sleep. Well, that night, it was a very moist, cold night, a uh, cool night I should say, and uh, I had a little something in my lungs to begin with, but uh, that whole second day of hiking, the next day, the full day of hiking, at 5,000 plus feet elevation, I had bronchitis in my left lung. And uh, to make things even worse, I'm usually the one that's up front leading, uh, leading the group because I kind of organize the trip and kind of the senior hiker in the group. But uh, for some reason, every spider in North Carolina swung a web from this tree to this tree. And I'm hacking, I'm, forgive the grossness, I'm hacking lung butter from my chest, walking through webs. I got trekking poles and some weight on my back, and after five seconds, I'm going like this, and all the guys behind me are having a great time. All right, they're not coughing. There's no webs in their face. But uh, God bless the spiders. They kept me awake, for sure, and I stayed focused. Amen. Could you grab your Bibles with me this morning and stand up? I, uh, I want to I teach your, your heart this morning, and I want to share some 
me, some, some very personal uh, stuff from my, from my life, from my past, and I'll explain why as we progress through, but uh, I don't necessarily uh, always like talking about um, the past, because uh, sometimes it, it brings up some old memories and some things, but uh, in the end, there's someone I need to give praise to. And I have some options in my life, and I can stay tethered to those things in the past, or I can use them and give God praise and glory. So if you'll open your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9. This is uh, Moses on the threshold of walking, well, he don't get to walk over to the promised land, but he was taken and led by God as he led the children of Israel from Egypt now for several years. And he is now at the threshold of stepping over into the promised land. He had some things that he needed to say to the people of Israel. He said, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest you forget the things which thine eyes have seen unless they depart from thy heart in all the days of thy life, from all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. In other words, don't forget where God has brought you from. Right. Don't forget the things that you have seen in the past. Yes. Don't forget the things that have been laid out in your history. And teach them to your sons and to your grandsons. And keep them hid diligently. In your heart, so you do not forget these things. And then we're going to flip back to the book of Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 43, verses 18 through 19. The Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. Amen. And the reason why I wanted Brother Jones here this morning was because I'm going to preach on the topic, and I need his help because I can't do it on my own, of old milk. <laughs> <laughs> And Brother Denton said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Brother Jones, old milk can indeed be good milk. I was hoping to prove that point to him today, so I'm going to need his very close family members to help relay. That just because old milk isn't good to one person doesn't mean the old milk is bad to another person. Right, right Brother Denton? <laughs> the FDA puts those expiration dates on the, on, the, on, the, on the milk jugs, but that doesn't mean that it's not good beyond that point. It's like a safety line, a safety net. They're like, okay, the milk's going to be spoiled a year after this date. <laughs> So we're going to say it's safe to put the line right here. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's the point 
have expiration dates. You can even bust open a jug of water from any store, and there's going to be an expiration date on it. Water doesn't spoil. You keep it uh, in some uh, cool, out-of-the-sun uh, location, and it will be quite fine for years and years and years. But anybody that's ever been sitting under the voice of Pastor Rice for the past few years has known that at least once a year I, I share my testimony in the form of whether I'm teaching something or, or preaching. But there's a reason for this. And I know that Sister Rice often reminds me, she likes to hear uh, some of my testimony. She understands the value of testimony and the, the value of being a witness. She understands that we go through things for a particular purpose. We go through things for a reason. And it's not for us to keep the things that we've gone through a secret. Or even to keep the things that we've gone through to ourselves because there's a purpose for it. Yes. It's done because your past, my past, our past serves a purpose. Yes. Every person in the sanctuary has two very specific um, uh, 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 things, elements that are, are, are weaved into our lives. Things that has helped shape our life. There's this thing that we call remembrance or our memory, and there's this thing called our past. Okay? While these two things seem to be very much the same, they are, in fact, very different. Your past is just that. It's a record of events that include people, places, times, and effects. Your past is going to endure. Even after, you, after you've departed this earth and you've gone on, the things that you've done, the lives that you've touched, everything that you ever did in your life while you're here on the earth, this earth is going to linger. It's going to stay behind, whether for good or for bad. It's going to stay behind and continue on as a legacy in one form or another. Therefore, your past is far more weighty than the memories that are confined within your left ear and your right ear. Your past is so much more important than that. In fact, your memories are a little more than a thought unless you use them to establish a legacy. The legacy I speak of this morning can be either good or bad. It's kind of like fame and infamy. You can be famous, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good kind of fame. It could be an infamous, a bad kind of fame. It's the part of you that's left behind in the form of remembrance. Normally, a legacy is an asset, but we can actually leave behind a deficit if we fail to fulfill our purpose in Christ. So you might ask, how do we do that? How can I take the negative things that have affected me or are currently affecting me and turn them into something positive? Let me tell you that Satan will do anything he can to stop that from happening. There are forces at play in this very world that we cannot see. There are uh, angels fighting on our behalf, and there are enemies that we call demons or spirits or the devil that are seeking to destroy us. Those are the elements that seek to hinder us and tether us or tie us to the world, to our flesh, so we can't rise above our purpose in Christ. But i got to also warn you that Satan is very, very wise in his playbook. He's read the back of the book we call the Bible. 
And he knows very key things in there. He even tried to use God's word against him. When Jesus was out in the wilderness, it was Satan that came to him and was using God's word to try to influence him to do something other than his purpose. It says that we will overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Our testimony. So you see, our testimony is nothing if we don't talk about it, if we don't share it, if we don't tell others how Christ has done things in our lives and filled us with his spirit and delivered us from the grasp of the enemy, when that somebody has at one point or another reached down into the, the miry pit and grabbed us yes. and pulled us out. Yes. My testimony begins in 1978. I was six years old. I don't recall ever being taken to church prior to my mom and dad's divorce. I remember being abandoned by my dad time and time again after that. I remember being exposed to things in my childhood that I shield my own kids from, even to this day. I remember sitting under a lot of babysitters. I remember mom slipping into depression and telling me that she hated me several times. I remember finally being exposed to a non-denominational church service. I recited the Lord's Prayer when the pastor called me up, and I was so excited. You know, I got to say the Lord's Prayer, and, and I, I, I asked Jesus into my heart, and I remember that very clearly. But I also remember slipping off into a life of servitude to the world, of servitude to sin, and doing exactly what I wanted because to me, in my mind, and the things that was being preached at that time just made no sense at all. These church services I was going to at the time did not reflect what I was reading in the Bible. So I didn't believe. But that preacher that day shook my hand, and he gifted me with the greatest thing that anybody has ever given to me. And it was a Bible. And I took it, and I read it, and I read the word of truth. All right. A Bible. Right. Within it were the words that would later lead me to the truth of salvation. I remember that for years, I never heard the words of that Bible preached the way that it was written. It was for that reason I had no respect at all for Christianity. None, zero, zip, zilch. In fact, I would make fun of Christians. I called myself a Satanist. I remember my mom met a man at, at that particular church. She went on to marry him. That's when me and my brother became acquainted with domestic violence. I remember always being in trouble in school. I sat in detention every day and sometimes found myself in-house suspension. I remember carving satanic symbols into my flesh on my arms, shaving the sides of my hair, head, growing my hair out, and even cutting the sides of my head. I remember cutting myself in school and writing crazy little demonic things on the paperwork and in the back of the books. I was a sick, sick kid, and I had no direction, and I had no future. So I thought. I remember my mom's fourth husband, and when she filed for divorce from him and abandoned me 
because she could only find a place big enough for her and my little brother. I remember leaving out on my own at 17 years old and being taken in by my girlfriend's father, the only man I'll ever respect as my dad. So with a lifetime of pent-up anger, hate, sorrow, and hurt, I signed up for the Marines where I hoped to go to war and maybe die for a cause. It's all old milk now. But 30 years ago, that's when it was old. And 30 years ago, that milk was doing something for my future that I had no idea was even happening. It was exactly what God purposed for my life. I didn't know it at the time, but my life was going to be a blessing to others who would hear my story and not give myself any glory at all because I always give God the glory for the changes that's happened to me. On July 11th, 1992, I married Andre, and three days later, I left for boot camp. The climax, though, of my life story wouldn't happen until I was stationed at, at, at the base of Mount Fuji, in a Marine Corps base actually called Mount, uh, Camp Fuji, just outside of Tokyo, Japan, there in 1994. There I met an apostolic man. I would mock him. I would laugh at him. He would study his Bible religiously. He walked around and he had a couple other guys that would follow him around and they were kind of like, they always reminded me of disciples like what I read in the Bible before. And he would sit down with them and he would teach them like Jesus sat down with his disciples and talked to them and, and, and preached them, ministered to them. He had those Bible studies every night religiously in the same spot. Now my rack or my bed, as the, they were called racks in the Marines, was just on the other side of that big opening on the floor where they were sitting. I had a, uh, there was a, a a locker, a wall locker right here. And on the other side of that, a really tall locker was where my rack was. I was on the top. And I was laying there and I was listening to the words that he was saying. Occasionally I would mock him and laugh. And this went on for some time. Until one day, I heard some things that made sense. You know, that's all old milk now. But 25 years ago, it was something entirely different. It was a nourishment I wouldn't know about until years down the road. I remember it like it was yesterday. I decided to crawl over the top of that wall locker and look down and listen this time just to see how much I could hear. And I heard him talk about baptism in Jesus' name. I heard him talk about uh, speaking in tongues when you receive the Holy Ghost. And it dawned on me that the words of truth that he was preaching were exactly what I was reading in that Bible that was given to me years ago. And for once I listened. When I heard it for the first time, the word of truth, I started to take that in. I let that word sink itself into my heart. Eventually he talked to me about baptism in Jesus' name and speaking in tongues. And before long I was fasting my own. I said, I want this Holy Ghost. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
And I couldn't wait, but here I was. I was on. A, we we finally we left Camp Fuji, and we were out on in the East China Sea, floating um, towards Okinawa, Japan. And uh, and I couldn't wait to get the Holy Ghost. And he took us down, instead of an upper room, he took us down to a lower room and the ship was just a rock and back and forth. We had seats like the ones in the back here behind the pews and that's what we prayed on. It don't have to be something fancy. You don't have to pray on a pew. You don't have to pray, you know, here or there. You can pray anywhere you want to. And God is there the same way he's everywhere else. But we prayed together and we released ourselves. We just began to pray out loud. And before long, the Holy Spirit fell on me as I was repenting of my sins. And I began to speak in other tongues. As the Holy Spirit gave me the utterance. God is good. And it wasn't long after that. It was Easter Sunday when we came into Okinawa, Japan. And the first thing he did, he took me to a home missions church. And it was a UPCI church, home missions church there in Okinawa, Japan. And we went to the church service. And uh, I, I never seen Pentecostals before. That was what we, what experienced, what I experienced in the bottom of that ship was the craziest thing I ever experienced in my life until I went to that Pentecostal church. <laughs> and let me tell you, whole, foreign mission churches, they got it going on. And a lot of it has to do with because they don't have the comforts that we get. Here in home, we have everything that we want to, right? So our, this is the truth. Listen to what I'm saying here. When we have things, we tend to distance God. This is a truth. And when you're, this, this is why you hear about prison salvation and prison ministries and things. Because inmates find God when they're in prison. Soldiers find God when they're overseas. Because they're away from their families, they're away from their influences, they're away from things that please the flesh. And they're able to soak in God's word because they find some closeness in his word. They find some closeness in the spirit of the Lord. And they grab onto that and they cling it. And they let it nurture them and they grow until they're repenting of their sins, being baptized in Jesus, they've been filled with the Spirit. So all those things that I went through so long ago seemed to me like old milk. But now I look back and I know, in fact, that it was some nourishment that was happening, not for me, but for the people that I would talk to, minister to in the future. That people could listen to my testimony because of the things I've gone through, the struggles and testimony of my life. I can now share with people and I can say with confidence when I speak to them, you are not alone. That's right. There's nothing you're going through that somebody else before you hasn't gone through and risen above and found strength from the Lord and found a way to overcome. Now, as a teacher... Of the gospel of Christ, I come to you with this testimony. No matter how broken you are, no matter what environment you come from, no matter what your past is, or what you've gone through, or what you're going through, it's absolutely essential to your upbringing in Christ. What you're going through might seem like old milk right now. It might seem sour, it might taste bitter, and it might smell bad. But later on, you'll find out that that was, in fact, good milk. The world needs to see you. The world needs Jesus. 
And the world isn't going to come to Christ without our testimony. Come on. Yes. You may be still be asking, but why me? Why am I going through? Why me? It all comes down to one word. Testimony. In God's kingdom, success is measured in increments of faith. Your faith pushes you through faith from this level of faith to that level of faith. There's no one type of faith, but faith increases. It grows. It blooms. It blossoms. It becomes stronger as you age in Christ. Romans 1 and 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I'm going to ask music to come. I know I'm short, but that's... I believe this. I preach really long messages. I preach really short messages. But I preach exactly what God's given me and nothing more. And there's a testimony to be said in that too. Every once in a while, my work as an author catches the attention of someone. And I get contacted regarding an interview. Uh, Once or twice it's been on live radio. But for the most part, the forum has always been podcasting, which is recorded, edited, and played uh, for the host's uh, audience Several weeks ago, I was contacted by a man by the name of Johnny L. Sasser. Johnny's show, The Art of Masculinity, has 14,000 followers. My name came to him from word of mouth. He called me up on a video uh, conferencing app at a predetermined time, and we talked before the show, and uh, the man was absolutely elated to have me on the show after he had uh, talked to me and and heard my, uh, my life story. And uh, he was so excited to record um, the upcoming meeting. Um, he couldn't wait to get it out to his listeners. Johnny's motto is, drop the ego and be humble. Johnny's a great guy. He doesn't have the Lord. Uh, he's a veteran. He was an Army Ranger. Um, he's got a really awesome background uh, in the military But you can't help but to grab that motto yourself and say, just be humble. Drop the ego. The reason why it's called the art of masculinity is because you can still be manly, man. You can still be manly and not have an ego. You can be manly and humble. You can cuddle with your wife, your kids. You can have a soft hand or a heavy hand. But the crux of the show is to uh, throw a highlight on the fact that you can indeed be masculine and gentle. To me, my past is old milk. Bitter, sour, nasty tasting stuff. But to the listeners of that program, to Johnny, it was refreshing. It was exactly what he wanted and what he felt they needed to hear. What I gave him and his audience was hope that a brokenness isn't the end of the line. That peace, that peace of mind, isn't a pipe dream. 
To me, I'm just a man with a shady background, you know, a shoddy past and bad memories. But to Johnny, I was a man that endured a lot of bad stuff and went on to become a successful and accomplished person. What we do with our lives after God has brought us through Egypt is key. Please listen to this point here very carefully. Our memories ought not be a hitching post where we stay tethered to the past. Instead, they should serve as a guidepost for us to remember what God has delivered us from and to show us direction where we're headed from. And I know we got veterans in here, but there's this, in land navigation, when you're moving across a terrain and you don't necessarily have a compass and you want to stay heading in the same direction, you find something in the background you lock onto it with your eyes and you head towards that. And when you get to that point, you keep looking forward to the next landmark and you walk towards that. But when you get there, you can always look back at where you were and know that you're headed in a straight line. Please hear what I'm trying to tell you today. Let me explain why I seemingly use two opposing vantage points for my opening text this morning. If we choose so, our past serves no purpose but to keep us tied down, to hold us back, to shield us from advancing and growing in the kingdom of God as long as we choose to stay tied to it. We cannot go into high places when a tether is latching us to the ground. If we choose so, we can use our past as a directional device that navigates us onward and upward into high places away from where we once were. We consider what God has done in our lives and where he's brought us from and we move forward from there, always being careful through the valleys and heading through a straight line knowing that it's just a valley and the high places are coming. But sometimes you have to climb. lighthouse serves an interesting purpose. It navigates seafarers in the open ocean so they don't shipwreck. But there are times to those that are on the ground that the temperature just seems a little a little cold. And the temperature is different at higher elevations. So what happens is the clouds lower, the fog moves in and it drowns out seemingly the spotlight the lighthouse is still there we just can't see it with our eyes because it's shrouded in fog but that's where our past comes in that's where we remember our past because even in darkness if we know where we were we can navigate away from it We can find strength and direction in that old milk. Revelations 12, 10 through 11 says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives even to death 
There's a devil standing before the Lord day and night. And all he does, his only job is to accuse you. Every little thing you do wrong, he's tossing it before the Lord. But God's got that stamp of approval and saying, you know what? He repented of that. Glory. And you're, he's clean. Yeah. He has direction. He is not lost. And so the next day he comes back and does the same thing. But as long as we keep coming back to the Lord, as long as we endure, the Bible doesn't say anything that we have to win the race. We just have to finish the race. Yes. It's not a competition. A testimony is only as good if it's packaged together with a lamb's blood. Yes. And what good is the blood if your testimony is not shared? It says they overcame. They overcame. The blood was never meant for one person alone. It was meant to be shared. The testimony was meant to be shared. If you don't carry your testimony and share it with the world, then what use is it? It dies. When Jesus said, he that endures until the end shall be saved, he meant it as a prelude to the fact that following after him will not be easy. In fact, Jesus said, he that taketh not up his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. We have to endure. But we don't have to endure alone. Your old milk can be good milk for someone else that's watching you overcome. You might be asking yourself, why am I going through this? It's a testimony. Yes. You're going to be a witness. Yes. You cling to it and understand that God's got your back. Yes. But you don't stay tethered to that thing. You snip that tether and you focus. That is not a hitching post. It's a guidepost. And you walk away from it. Stand with me this morning, please. I wonder if you could bow your eye or your head, please, and close your eyes. Old milk, good milk. It's all subjective. But know this nothing in our lives should be counted as waste if we use it for God's glory. What you're going through is not the end. Somewhere in the fog, there is a lighthouse. Somewhere in the fog, there is direction. You just keep walking forward and you'll find that place you're supposed to be. But you got to forsake the hitching post. We cannot stay tethered to it. In Jesus' name, share that old milk. We love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for direction and guidance. And we know, Lord, that no matter what we go through, we have your stamp of approval so much. So much so, Lord, that we are relinquishing our faith in ourselves and building our faith in you. Continue to lead us and guide us, Lord. 
Help us to stir up the gift and to find strength in those times when things are cold and the clouds are descending and we can no longer see the light. But we know you are there. And we know we have this past that we can use to guide us away toward you. Jesus in this place and he's talking to someone he's talking to at least at least one person but he's talking and you need to listen we don't know from day to day if we're going to make it another breath for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.